Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. It is another beautiful day in the neighborhood. Happy Veterans Day, everybody. Everyone who served in the United States military, happy Veterans Day to you. Man, it's just another beautiful day. The breeze blowing and the leaves rustling. Birds singing and chirping. It's an amazing day. Amazing day to be alive in the Lord. As I was sitting out here on my porch on the ridge, I was thinking about Christians who have forsaken the heart of Christ for religion. And what the Lord thinks about that. As I was reading the Bible, we turn to Isaiah, the first chapter, and we get an inkling of what the Lord is thinking. As the prophet uh, records in verse 2, beginning in verse 2, Hear, O heavens, listen, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. I reared children and brought them up, but they have rebelled against me. The ox knows his master, the donkey his owner's man manger, but Israel does not know. My people do not understand. Ah, sinful nation, a people loaded with guilt, a brood of evildoers, children given to corruption. They have forsaken the Lord. They have spurned the Holy One of Israel and turned their backs on him. Why should you be beaten anymore? Why do the priests... Uh, why do you persist in rebellion? Your whole head is injured, your whole heart afflicted from the sole of your foot to the top of your head. There is no soundness, only wounds and welts and open sores, not cleansed or bandaged or soothed with oil. He goes on to talk about how terrible your life is. That unless the Lord had stayed his hand, you would have become like Sodom and Gomorrah. He goes on in verse 11, he says, The multitude of your sacrifices, what are they to me, says the Lord? I have more than enough burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fattened animals. I have no pleasure in the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. When you come to appear before me, who has asked this of you, this trampling of my courts? Stop bringing meaningless offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. New moons, Sabbaths, convocations. I cannot bear your evil assembly. Your new moon festivals and your appointed feasts my soul hates. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands in prayer, I will hide my eyes from you. Even if you offer many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. Wash and make yourselves clean. Take your evil deeds out of my sight. Stop doing wrong. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Encourage the oppressed. Defend the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. He says, come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet and shall be white as snow, though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best from the land. But if you resist and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. What is it we learn as Christians today by such an old prophecy? <clears throat> you see... <clears throat> 
Recently, we've talked about the Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes, that heart of Christ, that Christ character within us. But all too often, people will chain, trade their salvation in the heart of Christ for religion, for an exercise in religion. Oh, they go to church, they sing hymns, they speak the words of Scripture. On the outside, they live a pretty cleaned up life with their hearts. Their hearts are hardened against the downtrodden, against the suffering, against those trapped and imprisoned by sin. I once was in a church and their heart was genuine. They were crying out to the Lord that they wanted to uh, reach the, the alcoholics, the drug addicts, and the prostitutes of their community. And we joined with their church because our, our prayer was a, a church that would host us and allow us to have a service on an off night where we would target the, the alcoholics, the drug addicts, and the prostitutes. And as we held our Thursday night services, so many people came and gave their life to Christ. And they would come to that church on Sunday morning. And the alcoholics who struggled with alcoholism sometimes would show up smelling like stale booze. Most of them would smoke cigarettes on their way in and douse them before they entered the door. The drug addicts, they would sometimes slip up and fall and, and go back and use again, coming in high. The prostitutes who walked away from the prostitution didn't know how to dress appropriately for the church. Oh, they would wear their best clothing. But what they would look at in the mirror and see is the best that they had to wear to church. We found that many church members would look at that they were dressing as harlots. To compound this, many of the prostitutes who were single mothers found that when they left prostitution, the only jobs that they could find were fast food jobs and low paying jobs, and they couldn't afford to make ends meet. And so out of desperation, because of lack of discipleship, a lack of encouragement by the body of believers, Oh, they would turn to doing tricks here and there. The heart of these believers, although they wanted to see these people redeemed, they had it in their mind that immediately upon them giving their life to Christ, that these people would be completely transformed to become just like them. It didn't take long for the pastor of the church and the deacons to meet us, our ministry team and explained to us that we were no longer welcome here and we should take our people and leave. Now this I find is a gross example, but it is a true example. It paints the picture of many Christians who have traded in their faith for religion. They've traded in the heart of Christ for a set of religious rules, expecting the world to be exactly like them and any believer to look just like them. Yet in their hearts, they harbor malice and anger towards others. They, mal they harbor judgment 
against anybody who is different than them. They use the gospel as a weapon to destroy people and tear them down and not as a message of hope, a rope to rescue them in their drowning in the oceans of life. All throughout Scripture, in prophecy, we see the same thing, that when the followers of the Lord rebel against the heart of the Lord and walk in a way contrary to Him, the Lord expresses anguish, intolerance at their prayers and their offerings, their worship. It's without meaning. It's nothing but a clanging noise in His ears. The incense of our, our prayers to him, our, our hymns to him, become nothing but a stench in his nostrils. The Lord always throws us a lifeline. Even when he is so angry in his heart towards what we have become, he calls us rebellious harlots, and that we should die, that he should smite us. But he always throws us a lifeline. And he says, if you will repent and turn from your wicked ways, if you will return to me doing what is right and just and fair, then I will hear your prayers. I will receive your worship and your incense will be a sweet aroma. We have a long-suffering God, and we can do nothing but praise Him and thank Him for that. But it is important as believers that we capture the heart of Jesus, allowing the Holy Spirit that He's given us to dwell within us, to guide us and grow us in living life as a Christ follower. The term Christian has become so diluted nowadays. It's equated with intoler intolerable people, judgmental people, people who set themselves above others saying, I'm better than you. But the reality is to be a Christian is to be a Christ follower. And to be a Christ follower re requires us to live and operate in the Christ character. And when we do that, we find the power of God moving in our lives and the lives of people around us. We begin to see the world through a different set of eyes where we lack that judgmental look, where we lack that intolerant heart, where good overcomes evil. Think about it. Be blessed and be the blessing. Hallelujah.